Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back. Welcome back to another fine episode of Audible Podcast. I'm the host, uh, the Wardy Man, the Wardy Sign, uh, the, the one and only host. Uh, there can only be one. Numero uno, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't know why I said that part. Um, I don't even like KFC like that. So welcome back, y'all. Thank y'all for coming back from a just a, a, a wonderful, a beautiful, uh, mind-blowing, almost orgasmic hiatus uh, that I took. Uh, a lot of comments on Twitter. A lot of comments in general. Um, uh, are y'all, you know, asking, inquiring about me getting the pie back up. I, I appreciate that. Um, that is the main reason I'm getting the pie back up. I am still um, under a tremendous amount of mental fatigue. Uh, but after a while, you have to, uh, you got to kick out. And you hit the one, and hit the two, and the hand going up, and then, oh, then your feet, you, you got you to gotta keep kicking out. Um, and I plan on keep kicking out. So uh, i like to thank you all for, you know, all of the uh, comments, uh, appreciating the pod and discussing the pod and all that other good uh, fluffy shit. But let's get to the meat to the issue. Let's get to the, to the meat and potatoes of the issue, right? So uh, the last two or three weeks, specifically, specifically uh, uh has been a little rough and tumble right so you allow give her a person about this type of stuff um i like to leave uh, uh you know the fourth wall is typically not uh always there um when it comes to me it's usually never there but you know obviously everybody know we got a whole pandemic i talk about and a lot of the episodes and what's going on what should we do um just some advice uh, some common sense to a lot of people. Uh, at the beginning of this, I did a little family members. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, at the very start in uh, in March, and um, so th- this has always been something. Um, before there was a vaccine, before there was anything, uh, before we even knew re- really what was going on. Uh, I had two uncles pass, and. Uh, so this has always been something I, you know, the Rona and everything else, something I've, I've taken serious. Uh, I don't usually get all uh, real emotional when I uh, see or read or even hear uh, people just downplay um, the uh, effects of everything, uh, whether they know uh, how it would affect them or not. Uh, and on the other hand, I have really never been worried about myself when it comes to uh the big rona um i really don't get i'm not gonna say really don't get sick. I, I don't get sick i don't get a lot of headaches I don't, I don't get any headache i couldn't remember the last time i had a headache uh migraines or a cold or you know anything like that i might have a little snuffy wuffy nose because uh i like to sleep with two fans and a ceiling fan and ac on 50. Uh, even when it's 42 outside, uh, in here will be nice and chilly at night. So, um, you know, I'm used to a little, you know, stuffed up nose sometimes um, in the mornings. Um, but I don't have any, you know, allergy issues. I'm not really allergic to anything. You know, seafood gives me a little trouble. 
But it, it's not like it breaks them out in hives, you know. Sometimes I can eat it, and sometimes it just comes right back up. I think at this point it could be a mind thing um, on seafood because uh, I like a couple months ago I had a, a couple months ago. Whenever it was crawfish season, uh, I ate my weight in crawfish. It didn't have a problem. And then I ate a shrimp pull boy. It didn't have a problem. And then I had a piece of boiled shrimp and did a 360 vomit um, outside. So uh, it could be a mental thing or whatever. But given a brief background, Jesus Christ, am I about to go to fucking surgery? Uh, given a brief background, just on myself and, you know, how, you know, things fall for me. I've never been... And I've said this outwards. I've never been worried about myself. I'm not worried about myself in most things. Uh, myself, just like you guys, have uh, family members, older family members. By older, I mean 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I worry more about them uh, than I do about myself because you know, I really don't need much. I can, I can probably park in a trailer park with some. If the tra- if a if a trailer park got some lights in that thing, and I can get some good internet. I can I'll be good to be to be clear. Um so I don't really worry about myself. Um I work in the industry in the alcohol industry. Most people know about the alcohol industry. When they think of alcohol industry, they probably think of bars and clubs. Uh the bars and clubs are where some young people work. Uh as far as the the waiters, the waitresses, the hostesses sometimes. Um but for the most part, the alcohol industry, everybody's old as cheese. Everybody's forties plus. If you do it a medium, a median on the on the age of most people in actual alcohol industry, I'm talking distributors, salespeople, um, um, on premise people. That's the people that sell the west restaurants. Some of them can be uh, younger. Usually, a lot of uh, you know this is shady business. A lot of uh, distributors like to put uh, some of the young fine tenderonies. And uh, in those spots that have to do with selling restaurants and all that stuff. Um, so that's where you, you can see some young people. So, But the majority is uh, it's much older. So I've always kind of, not always, I, I have since the pandemic taken a, a little bit more responsibility in um, taking care of myself because I know I have to be around other people. Um, that may not be susceptible. I myself thought I was going to be really susceptible. Um, I myself, I figured I could be, um, because you never know what's going to happen. I've had a uh, bacterial pneumonia before, uh, which is really the only time I've ever been sick. And it sent me to the shores of Normandy and to the beaches of hell. Um, I was probably sick for like a full month, but, but besides that, uh, I've never had anything. I've never been, you know, flu fever. I've never had, uh, any of this stuff. So, Again, time back, about three weeks ago, your boy caught the Rona, right? Now, I figure, because when I had my vaccine shots, I didn't have a reaction at all. I didn't get sick. I didn't get tired. I didn't get any effects. Um, My arm wasn't sore. I could move it. I could feel where I got the shot. Um, But it's not like I had a, you know, it's not like a a lot of people that were just fatigued for a day or, uh, you know, I actually, you know, got sick. I didn't have any effect at all. Uh, so I kind of figured out what was going to happen. And uh, when I got the Rona, that's exactly what happened as well. I was uh, fully asymptomatic. And um, I didn't even lose my sense of of uh, a taste or a smell or anything like that. So 
it was a rather uh I was just uh, fucking COVID positive at the crib. Um but it, it it taught me a lesson. Um well it didn't teach me a lesson. It it taught that I was uh, right in how I've been handling myself when it comes to the pandemic, we're always being masked up because uh, the mask to me is not a big deal. I'm not a mouth breather. Mouth breather. Uh, I'm not a fucking idiot. Uh, I calmly breathe out of my nose all the time. So putting a mask or even a nose over my, a hand over my nose, uh, it doesn't stop me from talking adequately or talking at all. You just might hear a little difference, but um, Family members are okay. A couple people just sick for a couple days. But like I said, everybody's all... Uh, uh, I'm in a, a family where everybody is uh, very nice, caring for each other. And uh, most times. And, uh, you know, everybody everybody take care of their business. You know what I mean? So nobody was going to play no games uh, with, the, with this vaccine stuff. I know a lot of people, uh, it can be, you know, conspiracy theorists and, and everything else. But... Uh, uh, at the end of the day, you can also just be a fucking idiot. And uh, uh, w- what it taught me was, is that me being fully uh, asymptomatic and, and just not, you know, even me being able to lose my sense of taste and smell would give me an indication on, you know, on how I feel. Shit, should I go outside? Should I be inside? Should I be at work? Should I be in an office? Uh, versus being, versus getting nothing from it. And of course, I don't know if, you know, the result every time would be nothing from it. Um, but had I not known, uh, had I not get, gotten tested, I wouldn't have known that I actually had it. So um, it just holds up to, you know, how much responsibility is on somebody like my my shoulders. You know, I don't, uh, I don't. I don't know all the exact sciences. I would assume that asymptomatic people can still spread it because that's what we've been seeing this entire time. Um, they've been changing some verbiage on the amount or how often or the percentages or how, you know, spreadable asymptomatic people actually are. Um, so it adds more responsibility than me, which but I've always had that anyway. Um, and it's not like, I'm going to be in a circle of people for three hours or four hours. And even if it was, I could keep my mask on and breathe just fine uh, either way. So uh, it's been a a very different couple, uh, uh, two, three weeks. You know, no Christmas. Christmas canceled, even though, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with Christmas anyway. But Christmas definitely canceled. And um, New Year's as well. Um, yeah. But it it really taught me that, you know, I've been doing things right this whole time and uh, to not change anything is to me. I don't see it as, oh, you know, I'm, I don't want to get sick. And, you know, it's not on me. I've never seen it like that. You'd be a fool to see it like that. The world doesn't uh, work like that. If anybody knew how the world's, uh, world works, when people say it takes a village, that it, you know, shit actually means like that. In a village, you don't have to know everybody in the village to take care of the village. You know what I mean? Um, so it's just one of those things. So, uh, everybody's okay. I'm okay. And, uh, with, with Omicron and everything, uh, just doing a, a back double 18, 16, three sixties. Um, 
really, really don't know what's next. Uh, I'm around a lot of people. Uh, work-wise, um, that probably don't really give a shit. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just get a different... I, I get a different vibe from a lot of people. Um, and I'll be honest, if I don't feel like you take it as serious as I do, I just won't fuck with you. I'm not really into a lot of uh, talking and back and forth so i'm not gonna say hey you know well re you really well let's debate i'm not really i'm not gonna debate anything i don't debate anything uh because what i believe what i believe is not gonna be debated uh we can debate football we can debate if uh a first year quarterback is a good quarterback we can debate as a first year basketball player is a good basketball player i'll debate those all day but uh shit like this i don't debate it, it, it is not up for it's not for sale for rent or for lease um and and, and what i believe so uh i just want to start this 22 to <laughs> 2022 podcast um it's by telling y'all to stay safe out there you don't know your reaction you can say oh it's just a cold or it's just a flu or it's just a pneumonia that shit sucks too Nobody wants the flu. Nobody wants pneumonia. You're a dummy. Now let's move on. And the first thing I want to get to, you know, this is this story is probably a, a, a week old. Well, we're going to start into the NBA. Let's get into the NBA. Let's move. Let's turn the page. Let me hit. hit look. That's me turning the page right there. I hit the microphone too. I'm sorry. But that's me turning the page. The NBA, right? So. I'm trying to think of the most recent cases, James Harden, right? As far as literally quitting in the middle of the season on your team and demanding a trade, right? That was the the outmost example I could think of in the middle of the season. The season just started, but there was probably like 10 games in maybe, 8, 10 games in. It's still in the season, so it's the middle of the season. When the season starts, it's the middle of the fucking season. I've seen this with James Harden. Um, we kind of see this with John Wall. And most recently, Christian Wood. Let me write that down. I didn't even write their name down. Christian Wood, because I want to feel a little anger whenever I say Christian Wood. And uh, KJ Porter Jr.? Sure. Cat that came from the Cavs. It was drafted by the Cavs. Rather high. When was KJ Porter Jr. drafted? 2020-19. He was number 30. Um, he was number 30 by the Bucks. So he could have been a Milwaukee uh, Buccaneer. And he got traded to Cavs that year in a draft. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I thought he was he was in the 2018 draft. By Denver. I didn't know he played 55 games for Denver. What are, who what what Porter this is Michael Porter Jr. Actually actually Kevin Porter Jr. Who how okay. 
My bad. I wish I was looking at the screen because it says Kevin Porter Jr. That's who name I clicked on. I was like, when did this man go to Denver? Like, what the hell? says Michael Porter Jr. I kicked Kevin Porter and got to Michael. Either way, he played 50 games with Cleveland, right? Um, Before getting kicked off the team, literally kicked off the team for fighting a coach. Right? So, you have a 21, it was 19, man, a year-old kid uh, that is expected. He's expected to grow up extremely fast, right? Um, Because he's 19, and he's on the NBA team, and he's probably making six figures, right? So, just looking at him off the rip. And looking at his play, and looking at his attitude, and him trying to fight coaches in two different teams, in two different cities, and he's 21, and he's fully tatted. Okay, tattoo culture. What what happened? 18, 19, Lazo Ball got a Mount Rushmore. Of niggas on his like chest or something like that. You know, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to question Lonzo Ball's blackness, but Lonzo Ball isn't a a, a, a predominantly. Uh, he he lives as a as a white man. Uh, uh, would live. Um, I I'm really confused on. The significance and meaning of tattoos. I'm sure that went down the drain like 10 years ago, right? But when you 18 and 19, like, what are you doing? Like, what's what's really pop? Are y'all just, it's just this dick riding? What, what could you possibly have on your mind at 18, 19? You ain't off the porch. Y'all playing basketball. You ain't off the porch. Y'all playing basketball. You never been to jail. Y'all playing basketball. So, and this is not just Kevin Porter Jr., even though I'm uh, we're still speaking about him. What's going on? Well, how, why niggas got a few, a few mural on his chest? Why does Lonzo Ball? I know six million people blacker than Lonzo Ball. Why does Lonzo Ball have like Obama and Harriet Tubman and all this shit tatted on him? What? What? You know, earlier I said I don't get a headache. I'm about to get a headache. Just trying to uh, comprehend a fully chatted chest, arms, legs at like 19, 20, 21. You ain't in no gang. Maybe tattoo culture just missed me. Tattoo culture just it just zoot flipped right up by my head. It started, even though it started uh for my age group when it was that time. Um we were 19 and 20 when this tattoo shit started. So I I I don't really get that part. Um But Kevin Porter Jr. seems very emotional. Um, he seems like a guy, uh, I'm going to assume he's never worked because in order to play in the NBA, you probably have to be very, uh, 
uh, diligent as far as your your MBA um, practices and studies go. He's probably never had time to actually have a job because he's been working to get to the NBA. Uh, I understand that. But there are things with coming with never having a job. And never having a job means that you don't have a counter experience. See, this is why a lot of these basketball players and a lot of these athletes and these famous people is when they lose money, they go crazy. They lose their mind. Because they never had it in the first place. They never had a, a, a base of it in the first place. And when they get 18 or 19, uh, a lot of these cats who could have grown up very poor, they kind of act like they never was. Now, maybe maybe he wasn't. I, I don't know his story. Maybe he grew up in a, a kind of a suburb, suburban household. Um and was well taken care of. Other people who grew up poor that are well taken care of. But um, maybe you grew up in a different environment. Um, I don't get people getting a very special opportunity. Uh, there's only, I, I may have looked this up. I think there's only 4,000 people that have ever played in the NBA. How many people has played in the NBA? Let's look that up. Uh, since 1949, a total, and this is a tweet from 2020. So from May 4th, 2020, there have been 4,509 players to play in the NBA. Let's crank that up. Let's crank that up to 40. Let's leave it at 500. I was going to say 4,600. We didn't get 80 motherfuckers in the NBA roster. It's most of the same people. 4,500 people have ever played in the NBA, right? Now, as I've spoken about before, uh, you're putting a ball in a hoop, and you get paid a, a lavish, e extraordinary amount of money to do this, right? The counterbalance is... Maybe you never worked a job at McDonald's. Or maybe you never worked a job at uh, Walgreens or Walmart. Or maybe he's never had to do anything besides playing basketball. Um, I would advise him, and also Christian Wood. And if you don't know, both of these players, because I didn't talk, I didn't talk, I just went directly to discussing Kevin Porter Jr. Both of these players decided at halftime, Kevin Porter Jr. left the arena. He had a disagreement with a coach, and he left at halftime. Right, Christian Wood refused to come back in the game. Kevin Porter Jr. left the arena. He put his britches on. He put his belt on. He put a shirt on. He packed his bags. He put clean socks and shoes on. And he left the arena. He left his team, he left his teammates, and most importantly, he left his money. Actually, his money, and most importantly, he left his reputation. Now, I know a lot of you may say, oh, I don't care what nobody think of me. And, uh, you know Omar say his name? No, Omar. 
It's Marlo. I'm sorry. Marlo said his name was his name. If you leave at halftime, bro, and you're Kevin Porter Jr., right? This is not Antonio Brown, who is a, a, a sycophant, a sociopath, and an overall crazy man. But he's a Hall of Fame talent. He's a Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. They're going to make him wait. But he's still in his prime right now. He can still do it right now. That's why he's being rusted teams. That's why he's being, that's why all this is being done. You're Kevin Porter Jr., dog. You Kevin Porter Jr. We don't even know you yet. We barely know you now. So I don't know what's going on with this cat. Um, you know, I'm sure China and Greece and Italy and Russia and Israel uh will have fantastic spots for this cat. But you can't be bullshit like this in the NBA, dog. You have a very, very special talent, and you have a very small window of opportunity to collect as much as you can. Christian Wood, I've been seeing this all year. Christian Wood, I've been seeing in interviews and in these different quotes. It's almost like Christian Wood came from a team where he was like Chris Bosh. And then he got to a team where he was the man, but he was just on another team. You know what I mean? It's like if Chris Bosh left the Raptors and just went to another team by himself. Overall, the difference is Chris Bosch averaged almost double, not almost double, more than double of what Christian Wood averaged in Detroit. So he didn't go from Detroit and averaging 26 or 20 or 18. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, when he was on uh, the Sacramento Kings, he averaged like 28 and 10. For like three seasons. And he was considered pretty much a top two or three big man in the league. Well, what most of us know is that when you're a good player and you're on a garbage team and you're only you're only one on the team that can get the ball, of course you're going to shoot. Of course you're going to score. But Christian Wood only averaged 13 points in Detroit. So at the beginning of the season, I see stuff like, oh, we're clicking now. Oh, this is how it felt when Harden was here. Oh, you know, the young guys, we're not getting. And then it was one where he came in in the second half, but he didn't want to score. And then this game, he refused to sub back in. Who the fuck is Christian Wood? Who's Christian Wood? Can somebody count me? Has 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 LeBron ever done this? Has Jordan ever done this? 
Has Tim Duncan ever done this? Has Steph Curry ever done this? Has Kevin Durant ever done any of this stuff? Has Kevin Durant ever left at halftime? Has Kevin Durant ever refused to sub into a game at the half? LeBron, Jordan, Kevin Durant, Tim Duncan, Steph Curry. I just named five players. Just random. These are random five players. You know why I named them? And why I named great players in general? Because if they ain't do it, you niggas can't do it either. You can't either. If LeBron tell Vogel, fuck you, I ain't going back in this fourth quarter, then y'all can do it. If KD's tell Steve Nash, if Steve Nash, if you don't sit your stupid ass down, man, I'm not going back in, sitting hard in that, then you can do it. Jordan never told Phil that. Steph never told Kerr that. Tim Duncan never told Pop that. So that means Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. can't do it. That's as far as the argument as I'm actually going to go. Because that's it. If LeBron ain't never did it before, you niggas can't do it. Because you niggas ain't LeBron. Christian Woods averaged 13 points on the worst franchise in the last 35 years. Jeremy Grant averages more right now. With more players that can actually score to throw off the usage. Kate Cunningham averages that right now. I think Sadiq Bey averaged that shit. You gonna tell me Christian Wood with Andre Drummond and Luke Kennard? A nigga that can't average 20 on the De- on uh on Detroit? A nigga that's leading his current team to losses? Rocks lost like 15 straight. You gonna tell me these two niggas can walk out and not sub back in? And you got a nigga getting paid $47 million and he don't even play. One of the last episodes was Where's John Wall? That was two months ago. He still ain't playing. Who, who, what am I missing in the NBA right now? Harden pulled whole shit. But he's James Harden. If Christian Wood stopped playing to request a trade, uh, what? The, the world's going to keep going. Kevin Porter, what? These ain't even them niggas. These ain't even them dudes like that. And it's a purely coincidence, I'm not thinking about it, that the four players I'm talking about are all Rockets. So I'm like halfway defending the Rockets right now. Which is really detrimental to my spirit. Let's move on. Really detrimental to my spirit. Um, A couple things I want to touch on because we're we approaching all-star. Uh, we're approaching all-star. 
And um, I want to throw two names in the hat, not for All-Star. We're just talking awards in general. We're at the, pretty much at the half point this season. Coach of the year. C-O-T-F. I was trying to write it out. I spelled, spelled coach wrong as soon as I wrote it down. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. J.B. Bickerstaff. Uh, currently, the Cavs are maybe a four-seeded NBA standings. They're not a four-seed. They're a six-seed, right? They're dealing with injury. If the Cleveland Cavaliers can make it into a top five seed this year, which is going to be tough. Top five seeds in the East is the Bulls, Nets, Bucks, Heat, 76ers. Didn't have – they're six. Six is really solid. The, the 76ers is 20 and 16. They're 21 and 17. So, they're, they're you know, they're real close. Um, They're five and a half, five and a half games back of uh, Chicago. Um, But I think J.B. Bickerstaff is, is, is my uh, – he will be my top coach of the year and also – my top coach of the year and also a mix of MVP uh, will be uh, Mike Malone. Is it Mike Malone? Is that Denver's coach? Or is it Mark Malone? I think somebody got his name wrong before. And um, he went off. I'll slap fire um, out of Malone. Uh, I'll slap a, a, a thunderstone. He can evolve Pikachu after I slap the shit out of there. Yeah, Michael Malone. Um, so 18 and 17, currently the, the Nuggets are the number five seed, right? They are two seeds above the Lakers. The Grizzlies is above them. Now it's a, it's a pretty fine gap between a four seed and everybody else. Right. So that's what a lot of people that are Lakers fan are kind of not figuring out. You see seven, eight seeds between a four and five seed. The Grizzlies is 25 and 14. The Nuggets is 18 and 17. That's a 10 and a half game gap between the Warriors that is number one and the Nuggets that's number five. 10 and a half games. But everything from five to eight is all right there. Nuggets are 18 and 17, Mavs 19 and 18, Lakers 20 and 19, Clippers 19 and 19. It's really more about who played more games at, at this point. You know what I mean? With the Lakers being 20 and 19 and them being 18 and 17. They just played more games than them at this point. Um, I feel as though with them being in the playoffs in general, right? So Westbrook got the, his MVP not only because of triple-doubles, was because he took the Thunder to the playoffs. And the Thunder had a garbage roster, just much like they do right now. With Jokic, uh, the fact that he's putting up absolutely incredible numbers every single night, he's playing every game with no Jamal Murray and with no Kevin Porter Jr. His ones and twos. Kevin Porter Jr. has got $200 million. <laughs> he's got two hundred million dollars. Jamal Murray is his number two. We saw Jamal Murray play in the bubble season. Uh, shit, we haven't really seen him play since then. Um, 
But his ones and twos are out. And they are a number five seed. They have a better Lakers, they have a better record than the Lakers. They have a better record than the Mavs, the Clippers, and the Trailblazers. All teams that we thought will be better than them. Now, that's because they was healthy. But they're not healthy either, so it's the same difference. You smell what I'm cooking. Um, so Mike Malone, JB Bickerstaff, my two coaches of the year. Um for the first part of the season, I guess you'll settle out. If I have to pick now, it will be JB Bickerstaff just because the Cavs are just fucking dreaded. Jesus Christ, the Cavs. Um, so for the Cavs to see any type of winning or being above 500 with no LeBron is actually a good thing. And that's in the history of Cleveland Cavaliers since like 1993. So, uh, and yeah, Jokic, 18 and 17, they're not great. But they're all five seed, uh, and he doesn't have his one and two. The second best player on his team is Will Barton. That, that, that's how I like, I like, I like to uh, separate when it comes to MVP. Uh, I know it was the – maybe it was last season, the year before. I think LeBron got hurt uh, probably like halfway the season. But it was, it was a lot of talk between LeBron or Giannis getting MVP. And to me, MVP is not about who's on the most popular team that's winning the most. Uh, it's not even what team is winning the most. It's not even the best player on the best team all the time. In this case, it kind of was. But who's the second best player on the Lakers? And who's the second best player on Milwaukee? Who's the third best player on the Lakers? And who's the third best player in Milwaukee? If you do that now and you have a tight MVP race, you can't tell me that Chris Middleton and Anthony Davis are equal. Anthony Davis is probably an NBA, you know, standings as far as what media people, his stats, what he's done. He's like two tiers above Chris Middleton. He would be the S tier class. Chris Middleton would be B tier class. He's not a bad player, but he would be B tier class. These are the people that's going to average 18 to 23, get you buckets. But they're just not that guy. AD is that guy, offense and defense. Not on his own team, but when he's got other guys around him, he's definitely the 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 filler, the ultimate filler. On his own, we've seen that uh, we've seen that seven years straight, and it's one playoff series win in seven years. Uh, everybody else has gotten that pass. Uh, no, nobody else has gotten that pass. But he is just gotten to be able to slide along into LeBron's wing and. And that's fine. But when it comes to the MVP, it is most valuable player. Um, and that's how I look at uh, Jokic. And that's how I look at the entire thing. A lot of people say DeMar DeRozan. If the, the Bulls continue and they end off with the, the best record, I would put DeMar DeRozan in there. If he has these, uh, not the same stats, but similar stats to what he did, I would say DeMar DeRozan. Um. I would say Kevin Durant. I would put Kevin Durant into the mix. Uh, I would put Giannis into the mix. I would put LeBron into the mix, especially. I would put uh, Steph into the mix. I, I'm not sure if Gobert and um, Donovan Mitchell has played uh, enough, I guess, to be there. But they have one of the best records. 
So I will put them one of them in there uh, as well. Josh working his way up there as well. So uh, it's a lot going on. Uh, when it when it comes to most valuable, I always look at who's the second and third best player on a team because every piece of media narrative we always people always forget it when it's convenient. Every piece of media na- uh, narrative. Is who can get on the team? Who's the second best player? The third best player? This player won't he go play with these other good players? The Lakers have that, and they've been had that with LeBron and AD. You, when you have two top five players, to me, you don't get to be MVP. You have two top five players on the same team. You could all you top four players. On the same team. That's very fucking difficult to do. And that's the same thing with the Nets. That's why I said I would throw KD in the pot. But at the end of the day, it's two top five players. Um, On the same, at least top six. AD is probably not top five right now. It's probably Bron, Giannis, K, Bron, Giannis, KD, Hart, and Steph. With AD, you know, coming in in that next tier. It's been hurt a lot this year. So uh, this year I would put John Moran over him. And I would probably put uh, DeMar DeRozan over him. Uh, and that's probably it. Well, in B2. So, you know, AD is still a top 10 player this year. Uh, but when healthy, he is a top five player. There's no doubt about that. So I like to look at that when it comes to, to MVP actual uh, value. And, uh, and yeah, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, that kind of got me into this. And I want to hit the basketball on it. Get your shit together. You know, maybe something going at home. If, if something like that, man, you know, I wish all the best to y'all. Nobody, y'all never going to hear this shit, but wish y'all the best to you. But get your shit straight. You niggas make like uh, Kevin Porter, not Kevin Porter, Jr., Christian Wood, this show, his shit on TV. This is getting like 89000 a game. Shut the fuck up. I don't hear hitting 89 grand a game. Shut up, man. Go hoop, man. Go hoop. Kevin Porter Jr., I think that show uh, on a little ESPN thing, it was like 13 grand a game. Go hoop, man. 89,000 a game, and you ain't even winning. You should, nigga, you should be happy to be there. Worry about losing, you get 89 grand to lose. They paying another nigga 47 million a year to lose. You should be happy to be there. Um. So let's move on. Let's move on. I want to move on to combat sports. This is something that's been. Uh, in the news, uh, a lot says Jake Paul, <laughs> quote, quote, unquote, knocked out Tyron Woolley, right? So let's start off with that. Let's start off with that controversy because it's been a lot of, uh... <laughs> it's been hilarious. So it's some conspiracy theories going on that maybe Tyron Woolley faked it, right? I'm trying to see what I think, right? So Jake Paul. And Logan Paul are tough enough guys to actually be doing this shit they're doing, like boxing and doing this shit, right? But they are too they're too fake for this stuff to actually be real. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, that's the line um what people think is fake because Tyron Willie is a professional stunt uh Stunt double by uh, stunt man, you know he does stunt man work in, in movies and shit. He uses well, he's a fighter, so uses a lot of combat shit. They throw a punch, he knows how to take it. 
he drops on the ground. He's done this in several movies. So is Michael Bisping. Uh, so is uh, several other uh, MMA uh, fighters, right? Let's just say, let's say it's fake. I would say, what does Tyrone Willie have to lose? Or why would he put up so much to lose? But from his actions after the fight, including putting memes up, the best meme of him getting knocked out, I'm going to assume that the pride factor is out of the door. I'm going to assume that whatever ego or anything else, the amount of commas or the amount of zeros do whatever self-respect out of the, out of the gate. From getting the, the thing tattooed on your finger, I love Jake Paul, whatever self-respect uh, he had for himself, I'm sure he turned that in a long time ago for cold hall cash. Now, what he needs that cold cash for is not my business. But we know... He needs that cold hard cash. That's why he was just going into the UFC fights, just getting uh, mopped. And this is real tough to me to say because Tyron Willis is one of my favorite fighters. But he went into those last UFC fights, uh, and he didn't win a round. So not only did he didn't win maybe the last four or five fights, he didn't lose any rounds. Of, he didn't win any rounds of them. I'm sorry. He didn't win a single round of them in about four fights. Two of them was five-round fights. So this nigga probably lost 16 rounds in a row. Any other fighter, if they did not need the money, would have stopped. They'd have cut the bullshit. Unless he was just trying to fight out his contract. Whatever. Getting I Love Jake Paul tatted on his hand, on his finger. Another clue. Self-respect. Gone. Bam. Damage out the door. Do I think that the knockout was fake? No. I don't think the knockout was fake. I think he actually knocked him out. Um, Does everything lead to it being uh, a fake knockout? 100%. You have a professional stuntman who is a, a world champion MMA fighter. Nobody knows Nobody has more control over their body than him. Nobody knows how to fake a punch better than him. And with the tremendous amount of lack of respect, yeah, it's, it's real tough. But what I want to get into is the um, the kind of the MMA versus boxing thing, right? And I want to go over a couple points. You know, I'm not fucking Dana White over here. I'm not, I'm not uh, Eddie Hearn. I'm not uh, Bob Arum. I'm not any of these guys, right? Obviously, but there's an obvious difference in box in the boxing model of how they get money, in the UFC model how they get money. For instance, we think every time boxing is up, if most people who are casuals don't know who's throwing the fight, this top ranked, um. It's Showtime, um, and, and like, uh, I don't know if it's still Golden Boy Promotions or Golden Promotions. There's Canelo Promotion. They don't throw 40 fights a year. 
the UFC is a actual like company. Think of the UFC as like the NFL. NFL has 17 scheduled, 18 now, scheduled games per year. Then we got the playoffs and everything else. The UFC has like 44 cards per year. Whereas top rank has like three or four. So obviously, there's a tremendous amount of crew and production that you need for a, a MMA show that is happening every single week on ESPN, right? It, 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 these ain't automatic cameras holding this shit. You need people holding the boom mics. You need microphone people. You need all these production people. You need all these people. Top Rank doesn't have all that. They don't have hundreds of employees. They got a couple people that set the fights up. They get the venues booked. They hire people to come in and run the cameras. And that's it. They're not there every single week. So the 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 model is totally different. Jake Paul fights with Triller or, or Showtime. The last fight was 65,000 pay-per-views. So I, I see a lot of MMA fighters because uh, I, I love MMA. The, the MMA fighters, as far as their mentality, they're like 20 years behind NBA and NFL players. And it's not their fault. It's a much newer sport. But what it differs is they want their cake and they want to eat it too. They don't want to be famous. But they want famous people money. For instance, I don't see a lot of MMA people crossing into any other world besides the top people. I don't see any MMA people trying to do anything different to become a superstar outside of MMA. Conor McGregor gets paid what he's paid because he brings in people. John Jones don't bring in people. We know him as the greatest, quote-unquote, the greatest MMA fighter of all times. Of all time. But he's not nearly a pay-per-view star. You have to be both. And I think a lot of these cats... They think they're that. Francis Ngannou is the scariest person I've ever seen on my television with a pair of boxing gloves on or a pair of fighting gloves on. Whatever boxing gloves, MMA gloves, whatever. You want to throw some uh, styrofoam gloves on this nigga? You want to throw two foam hands that say 316 on them? You could throw them on them hands, and he's still going to be the scariest nigga we've ever seen, I've ever seen in MMA. The fact is he's not... Conor McGregor famous so when you ask for money that Conor McGregor has but you don't bring in the same amount of pay-per-views as he has or as Jorge Masvidal etc then you have a problem now I understand guys like Jorge Masvidal and guys like Nick Diaz and and guys like Dustin Poirier who are well Diaz has been kind of a, a big star outside of MMA um, in general, but when you come from one contract to another and you don't have the paper for you to back it up, that's why Masvidal got what he wanted against Usman because his pay per view numbers backed up the amount of money he wanted, and they justified that. 
and even even in him losing his pay was justified because he brings in the pay-per-views if y'all didn't know when it comes to pay-per-view sales mma has three major stars three three that means when these three guys are on the card numbers are surely to go up as Nate Diaz, as Conor McGregor, and as Masvidal. That's not in, in order. In order, it would be Conor, Nate, and, and Masvidal. Uh, I think you mix them two, Masvidal and Nate, up, but it's probably still Nate at number two. Um, If you look at the top UFC pay-per-view records, Conor McGregor has four of them. You got the top five? He has four of them. I'm not even a Conor McGregor uh, guy like that anymore, but you have to have some kind of notoriety to get paid this. You look at the kind of check Canelo got, Canelo gets. Uh, let's just say one was 200 million, whatever, you know, whatever kind of crazy number uh, that I don't believe. 200 million. He's Canelo. We know him. The world knows him. The world does not know as many MMA and UFC fighters as they think we do, even though they're on ESPN. Uh, most of them don't utilize their time. Most of them are still trying to live this private fighter life, but still want, they want NFL and NBA money, but they don't do NFL and NBA media obligations. They, it's not like that. They, they they do media obligations when they're fighting, and maybe they do go, go do an interview somewhere, but the, it's not the same notoriety. It's not the same pot. Y'all are not eating at the same pot. When your mama fix your food, it's some it's a pot with beans in it, it's a pot with rice in it, it's a pot with some sides in it. You might have some in the oven, but all the pots are not the same size. And the servers are not the same size. You get a little scoop of rice, you're gonna have more beans on that. So just because it's the NFL and NBA, and, and you're the NFC in the NFC, you're the UFC, you may have athlete equivalency because y'all are athletes but y'all aren't LeBron y'all are not Tyson Fury you're not Canelo you're not uh Deontay Wilder y'all are nowhere near these people these people are international stars in uh, in several countries across the world the numbers and fame and notoriety and even followers on Instagram or whoever, it speaks for itself. I do think MMA fighters should be getting paid a hell of a lot more. You nigga, you start me off in a 15 and 15. I gotta fight 15,000. My eyes bleed, the nose, and all this. Hell no. Of course, they should get paid more. Of course, there should be more uh, uh, insurance or whatever. But I don't know the numbers to all that, but I just know they should get paid more. I know that for a motherfucking fact. But to act like you should be getting 112 million, it's stupid. It's dumb. It, it, and it, 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 it's desperate because all that does is you shit on your own sport. All the rest of the boxing guys are shitting on y'all. And the only reason they're shitting on y'all is because MMA is way more popular than boxing. And the only type of notoriety boxing people can get is to talk about MMA. But everybody's so bottom feeding 
they so used to bottom feeding and and they want money so bad they think they'll get money from anywhere and um i think it's just bad when you play yourself so you know i i love mma i love ufc i'm not a huge fan of dana white either i don't fucking like dana white uh, i think he's a fucking bald egg but to 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 play like every cold uh, or main event of the UFC on ESPN or or, or on pay per view should be getting uh, fifty million dollars, a hundred million dollars. I mean, uh, who are you niggas in general? LeBron will get fifty million dollars a year, nigga. He played eighty two games. NBA don't pay him that. And you don't generate a percent of what LeBron generates as far as media, as far as money across the world. So um, comparing yourself to that, it, it's, it's just stupid. Comparing yourself to boxing, it's, it's just stupid. Ask Canelo or ask Mayweather or ask anybody else on actual real boxing cards. Not Trillify calls. Trillify calls are played different because these are all celebrities and real boxers that you're watching. So, of course, a card filled with NBA players and NFL players, uh, Frank Gore and, and Deron Williams, you think they're about to get in there and fight each other for 5000 And they've been making millions in the NBA and the NFL? Frank Gore just retired. You think they're going to come in there and fight for 5000 No. But Dougal McDougalson, your ass, who ain't never had no money, you can go in there and fight for 5000 That's just the way it goes. You can fight for 10 of them, too. So to, sta- to, to stack up how a Triller call or how a Showtime calls work or works, one that got $65,000 in uh, 65 pay-per-view buys, which means they lost money tremendously. Comparing these two things is um, it would be ignorant, and it would be unfair to MMA fighters um, to to constantly compare themselves to things that they are not, or not even close to be. I've seen pictures with uh, Francis uh, Ngannou and uh, and Jill and Beat. I'm mean, just not a shit on Francis thing. Francis is literally my favorite fighter in the UFC. There is no other fighter in the history of fights. And this is saying this as me thinking Daniel Cormier is the greatest fighter of all time. Uh, mostly because this nigga is 5'8 and whipping real tall niggas' asses. With just regular, I'm going to grab you tall nigga and I'm going to slam you and I'm going to really beat your ass. Uh, he beat, uh, what's the cat that fought John Jones and lost twice? Uh, Alexander, uh, damn his name not coming up. I'm going to say Volkanovski. It's not Volkanovski. Um, Alexander Gustafson, right? So, Daniel Cormier, let me talk to you. Daniel Cormier, Cormier is probably 5'9. A lot of y'all may not watch the UFC, you may not too, be too into it. Y'all, a little Daniel Cormier. Um, this cat's like 5'9, man. Alexander Gustafson is like 6'6". Six, six. So that's why he's my favorite fighter of all. It's a quick thing about Daniel Cormier. He's fighting all tall niggas. 
And he ain't even sit for. I, I promise you, he's shorter than AI. And he's handling big, taller niggas. He grabbing them, slamming them down, throwing elbows, and they throw it all type of shit. So that's why he's my favorite fighter. But Francis Gandu is the scariest person to ever walk into the octagon. And if anybody should be making the most money ever in whatever history aligned with pay-per-views, it would be Francis Ngannou. If Francis Ngannou's pay-per-view numbers came anywhere close to Conor McGregor's, I would say he should be getting paid more. It could be a million less than whatever. I should be. I would say he get paid. He should be getting paid more because he's a heavyweight, and it's going. You're gonna always make it back with, with the heavyweights. You're gonna always make it back. He's the baddest man on the planet. And because he's watching some other, some YouTube nigga do something, the YouTube nigga generate more than y'all too. They generate more interest than y'all too. I don't think y'all notice that too. The Paul brothers, they have more YouTube subscribers, subscribers than all of y'all. They have more Instagram subscribers than all of y'all. They generate more attention than any UFC fighter, not named Conor McGregor. So again, even though they are brand new to fighting, you don't generate percentage of the attention that they do bad or good so to compare yourself and especially to be um francis and any other a real actual mma fighter um to compare yourself to to the pay model uh to, to jake paul uh i just think it's foolish i think it's dumb i think it's desperate um and i understand these cats get their bread they got a window to a avenue and a window to get bread but this ain't it. And it's not going to be it. Um, yeah. So wish everybody the best. Thank y'all for listening. 2022. Uh, we're going to do this podcast thing. Real gigantico. Coming this year. So I think y'all. I appreciate everybody for uh, for listening. Um, it's been a long look. Two, two months. Two and a half months for your boy. But uh, we back at it. And we ready for that fire.